0: Hey, hello to all my listeners. So, how are you? How's the day? I hope it's going fine. Anyway, so today here we are again uh, with the another chapter of the "Rich Dad Poor Dad," and uh, this one is the sixth one. So, uh, well, it says to pay your brokers well, the power of good advice. So here, I think the author is trying to tell us why you had to pay your brokers well whether it is your real estate brokers or your accountants or whatever it is so why it is important so let's go to it sometimes i see people posting a sign in front of their house that says for sale by owner or i see people on tv claiming to be discount brokers my rich dad taught me to take the opposite approach he believed in paying professionals well, and I have adopted that policy too. Today I have expensive attorneys, accountants, real estate brokers, and stock brokers. Why? Because if, and I do mean if, the people are professionals, their services should make you money. And the more money they make, the more money I make. Will you in the information at age. Information is priceless. A good broker should provide you with information as well as take the time to educate you i have several brokers who do do that for me some taught me when i had little or no money and i'm still with them today what i pay a broker is tiny in comparison with what kind of money i can make because of the information they provide i love it when my real estate broker or stockholders brokers makes a lot of money because that usually means I made a lot of money. A good broker saves me time in addition to making me money. Like when I bought the vacant land for uh, $9,000 and sold it immediately for over $25,000 so I could buy my Porsche quicker. A broker is my eyes and ears in the market. They are there every day so I do not have to be. I would rather play golf. People who sell their house on their own must not value their time much. Why would I want to save a few bucks when I could use that time to make more money or spend it with those I love? What I find funny is that so many poor and middle class people insist on tipping restaurant help 15-20% to even for bad service but complain about paying a broker 3-7%. to They enjoy tipping people in the expense column and stiffing people in the asset column. That is not financially intelligent. Keep in mind that not only brokers are created equal. Unfortunately, most brokers are only salespeople. They sell but they themselves own little or no real estate. There is a tremendous difference between a broker who sells houses and a broker who sells investments. The same is true for stock, bond, mutual fund, insurance, brokers who call themselves financial planners. When I interview my paid professionals, I first find out how much property or stocks they personally own and what percentage they pay in taxes. And that applies to my tax attorney as well as my accountant. I have an accountant who minds his own business. His profession is accounting. But his business is real estate. I used to have an accountant who was a small business accountant but he had no real estate. I switched because we did not love the same business. Find a broker who has your best interest at heart. Many brokers will spend the time educating you and they could be the best asset you find. Just be fair and most of them will be fair to you. If all you can think about is cutting their commissions, then why should they want to help you? It's just simple logic. As I said earlier, one of the management skills is the management of people. Many people only manage people they feel smarter than and they have power over. Many middle managers remain middle managers, failing to get promoted because they know how to work with people below them but not with people above them The real skill is to manage and reward the people who are smarter than you in some technical area That is why companies have a board of directors. You should have one too. That is financial intelligence Okay guys, so uh, that was the chapter 6 uh, From the series that we called uh, 10 uh, the 10 steps uh, that can help you in your Uh, investments journey uh, uh, the time steps that you should follow which I think uh, the author of this book uh, mr. Robert T. Kiyosaki uh, is mentioning over here now that was the chapter six why you have to pay your brokers well right so uh, basically the author is saying that you should not uh, try to save money uh, uh, by not paying your brokers right because they are they are essentials In every steps in your investment journey like they can help you uh, with getting the nice deals they can also educate you uh, because they are professors right but you have to be careful uh, to choose the uh, brokers so there is a two difference that also is saying over here is one uh, type of brokers who are only a sales broker who can only sells and one uh, who are the investment brokers so they also own the investments by themselves. So they know very well uh, how uh, this old deal goes on, right? So, yeah, that's the basic thing I think uh, we need to keep in our mind when we uh, try to find a broker and we, when we try to pay them. Okay, so I think today we can also go for the chapter 7 because it's not that lengthy. So uh, let's make it uh, to the chapter 7 as well. It says, be an Indian giver, the power of getting something for nothing. When the first European settler came to America, they were taken aback by a cultural practice some American Indians had. For example, if a settler was cold, the Indian would give the person a blanket. Mistaking it for a gift, the settler was often offended when the Indian asked for it back. The Indians also got upset when they realized the settlers did not want to give it back. That is where the term Indian giver came from, a simple cultural misunderstanding. In the world of the asset column, being an Indian giver is vital to wealth. The sophisticated investor's first question is, how fast do I get my money back? They also want to know what they get for free, also called a piece of the action. That is why the ROI, so the ROI means return for investment, or return on investment is so important. For example, I found a small condominium uh, that was in foreclosure a few blocks from where I lived. The bank wanted $60,000 and I submitted a bid for $50,000, which they took simply because along with my bid was a cashier's check for $50,000. They realized I was serious. Most investors would say, aren't you aren't you tying up a lot of cash? Would it not be better to get a loan on it? The answer is not in this case. My investment company uses this condominium as a vacation rental in the winter months when the snowbirds come to Arizona. It rents for $2,500 a month for 4 months out of the year. For rental during the off season it rents for only $1,000 a month. I had my money back in about 3 years. Now I own this asset which pumps money out for me month in month out. The same is done with stocks. Frequently my broker calls and recommends I move a sizable amount of money into the stock of a company that he feels is just about to make a move that will add value to the stock. Like announcing a new product. I will move my money in for a week to a month while the stock moves up. Then I pull my initial dollar amount out and stop worrying about the fluctuations of the market because my initial money is back and ready to work on another asset. So my money goes in and then it comes out, and I own an asset that was technically free. True, I have lost money on many occasions, but I only play with money I can afford to lose. I would say, on an average 10 investments, I hit home runs on 2 or 3, while 5 or 6 do nothing, and I lose on 2 or 3 but I limit my losses to only the money I have in at that time. People who hate risk put their money in the bank. In the long run, safe savings are better than no savings. But it takes a long time to get your money back and in most instances you don't get anything for free with it. On every one of my investments, there must be an upside, something for free, like a condominium. (laughs) a mini storage, a piece of free land, a house, stock shares or an office building. And there must be limited risk or a low risk idea. There are books devoted entirely to this subject, so I will not talk about it here. Ray Kroc of McDonald's fame sold hamburger franchises, not because he loved hamburgers but because he wanted the real estate under the franchisee for free. So wise investors must look at more than ROI. They look at the assets they get for free once they get the money back. That is financial intelligence. Okay, so uh, that was the chapter 7. Why you have to be the Indian giver, right? So what is the philosophy of the Indian giver is when they give something to you, when they lend something to you, they first uh, think about how fast I'm going to get it back right so whenever you're doing some investments you also have uh, uh, those questions in your mind like how fast do I get my money back or uh, yeah that's called the piece of the accent as the author is saying right so <coughs> so ROI uh, return on your investment is really very important that is why that is why I think we are doing the investment right so uh, uh the author has also given an example like uh, he bought the condominium and then how he uh, got his initial amount from that uh, assets and uh, also about the stocks right he put the um, uh, initial amount in the stock he buy it when it goes up he just takes out his initial amount and so uh, the stock that he has bought is free right essentially it's free because he got his initial mon- amount back. So, yeah, there, there is a risk in this investment as uh, I think also is also saying there that he has also lost money in many occasions, but you have to be careful about that, right? You uh, had to uh, only take a risk about the money that you can afford the risk worth for, right? Uh, well, so uh, I think that is uh, it for today, uh, for today's uh, uh, podcast. I have. We have gone through the two chapters, and I hope you learned something about them. And I hope that you can also put the uh, the things that you learned from these chapters into the practice on your investment journey. So, please feel free to uh, comment, or maybe you can also uh, like the podcast if you like it, because I'm going to continue reading these chapters. We have already, or uh, we are already on the seventh. So next seven, eight next we are gonna be on the 9th and 10th so 10 will be the last one but uh, then I think uh, at the last time uh, planning to uh, cover up all the 10 chapters in a brief summary uh, so that we can have some uh, good uh, summary level at the last right so anyway there anyways uh, guys I think uh, that's it for today I hope you're having a nice day and I hope that you take a well, uh, really very calculated risk in your investments and be wise. So bye bye guys and have a nice day.